Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time. Your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. It's Tuesday, November 22nd. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Just a few years ago, betting on sports was regulated to Nevada and a handful of other locations in the U.S., But after a flurry of action from lobbyists and the gambling industry, 31 states now allow sports gambling either online or in person. Sold by possible tax revenue, many states have come on board, sometimes with very favorable tax breaks for gambling companies. An investigation by the Times finds that in many cases the revenues haven't lived up to their projections. Other convincing was done at events such as the Cigars, Cars and Bars event that some Kansas lawmakers attended. Eric Lipton, Investigative reporter at the New York Times joins us for how sports betting has expanded so fast. Next, a study in Germany that was exploring the possibility of using industrial hemp in animal feed found that when portions of the plant that had higher THC concentration was fed to some dairy cows, they produced milk with detectable levels of THC. The dairy cows even displayed behavioral changes such as yawning and salivating a lot and standing in one place for long periods of time. Still, regulators are looking into hemp because it could be an excellent source of animal feed. Hemp seeds are high in protein and do not contain any THC. Joel Achenbach, science reporter of the Washington Post, joins us for what to know. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. You can sign up on the app, make a bet, and then you can go back to, you know, your home in Missouri or whatever. And while you're over there, you know, the bet that you made, that transaction's already happened. So if you win something, you know, that those winnings will be deposited into your, your e-wallet, so to speak, back into the state, or you can just transfer it to your, you know, checking account. Joining us now is Eric Lipton, investigative reporter at the New York Times. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Thank you. Well, let's talk about the sports betting industry right now. It's uh, blown up in the past few years. Maybe just five years ago, you know, you can only bet on sports in the U.S. Uh, it was prohibited under federal law and everywhere except in Nevada and a few other places in various states. Now we have 31 states and Washington, D.C. that permits sports gambling either online or in person. Five more have passed laws that will allow this betting in the future. And you took a, a real deep look into how this played out on the political scene. And uh, I mean, you know, with a lot of big industries like this, there's a lot of lobbyists at play. And it's just an, a real interesting look into how this really all played out. So Eric, start us off. What are we seeing with the sports betting industry here? What you see, I think, to some extent, it's like the fact that when you had kind of Uber and the fact that you can geolocate 
the technology that came with high-speed connections to your phone and allows people to start to think about the idea of doing live betting on your phone for sports. And I think that what happened was Daily Fantasy Sports and FanDuel and DraftKings showed how the phone could become a live gambling casino. And really the technology that came together just not too long ago that allowed the phone to be such a center of gaming. And once FanDuel and DraftKings through Daily Fantasy Sports and starting in 2014, 2015, showed the potential that phones could offer. Uh, And then New Jersey passes a law that legalizes sports betting and the major league teams sue and it goes all the way to the Supreme Court. And in 2018, once the court ruled that said that this prohibition on states having sports betting is unconstitutional, then it really it opened the floodgates for states to individually decide whether or not they wanted to allow sports betting. And that's when the free-for-all in terms of law yeah. being started as the industry went around uh, and sought permission from each individual state to start sports betting. And that's where we're at right now. So they still don't have California. They don't have Texas. There are certain some big states that they still have not gotten legalized. But much of the country, you now have legal sports betting. As things really started to progress and it was you can really see that it was kind of the future and it was coming, states wanted to get involved. Involved. The sports leagues themselves wanted to get involved. Uh, you know, everybody wanted a piece of the action. And, and to your point, right now, that's where we're here right now. Now, before we get started on all of this early on, right, there was a lot of opposition when it comes to gambling addiction. I mean, that was really the case against a lot of this is that for, you know, places like Nevada or wherever these other places where it was legal, you know, you had to at least go to a casino or somewhere to make that bet. And this was just going to open those floodgates, the floodgates of addiction, at least. Yeah, I mean, this is the largest expansion of legalized gambling in the United States history because it isn't just that these 31 states now have sports betting, but that half of them have mobile sports betting. And so in any time, in any place, it's right there in your hand. You never turn it off. You're getting enticements uh, from, you know, marketing from that can be targeted to your phone because once you download the app on your social media, you could buy lottery tickets. You could go to a gambling casino before, but now, and you could bet online on your phone off on offshore platforms. But now the states have legally sanctioned you having gambling machine in your pocket that is never turned off. And so it does raise questions about what is this going to mean 10 or 15 years from now? You know, how many young people are getting phones and setting up accounts and betting even though they shouldn't be betting? These are kinds of questions that are out there. Back to the states and the lobbyists and their actions. One of the big selling points with all of this were taxes. How much money a state could make off of taxes? And this one, I mean, it gets really interesting because what we're seeing is the lobbyists saying, hey, you can make millions and millions of dollars on taxes. Give us tax breaks on certain promotions we want to add into all this. And and so the revenue from taxes is a a huge one. You spent a lot of time talking about Kansas in particular and how they passed this. And uh, I mean, they just had a a really crazy story here. So people in Kansas placed $350 million worth of bets this fall, and they've collected less than $271,000 in taxes. I mean, it's not really the revenue that maybe they were sold on. You know, the Kansas is only two months old, uh, so it's a little hard to evaluate that place still. But what happened there, the reason that the tax dollars are so low, they have a 10%. Originally, the legislation earlier this year called for a 20% tax rate. Then the gambling industry, the casinos went in and said, oh, that tax is too high. You need to cut that tax down because it's going to drive people to the black market, you know, the offshore sites if the tax is too high because the odds will be, won't be as, a, as attractive. So then the state cut the tax in half. But then, you know, snuck into the law was this language that said, if you give away promotional bets that we won't tax, those will be 
free bets and the free bets won't be taxed. So in the first two months of operation in Kansas, they've given $34 million worth of free bets. And basically that wiped out most of their taxable revenue. And so they basically paid almost nothing. This was just a little bit of leftover that they paid in taxes. And so their DraftKings and FanDuel are giving tens of millions of dollars of free bets away to try to get you to download their app and get used to get build a habit of betting on sports. Um, but they're doing essentially, and, and the state at, the, at this point is making very little in terms of tax revenue. So what happened was that the American Gaming Association had put out a report back in 2017 that projected how much states were going to make in taxes if they legalized sports betting. And the idea was, okay, you could distribute this, this consultant's report to the legislators and they could say, oh, well, look at all this money we can make. But then what I did was I updated that report and looked at how much in the same states in the same, you know, in the most recent 12 months it actually made. And what I found is that in many of the states, they made a lot less than the American Gaming Association had suggested they were going to. For example, in Virginia, in the most recent 12 months, they had $37 million worth of tax revenues. The American Gaming Association said they could expect to see $57 million a year in tax revenues. In Louisiana, Louisiana has had $33 million of taxes, and the American Gaming Association said you could expect to have about $53 million in taxes. So I looked at the, at 14 states that have mobile betting and tax rates that are in line with what the American Gaming Association had said that they thought they recommended, and I found in 12 of those states they haven't met the revenue expectations that the American Gaming yeah. Association suggested. And how big is online gambling overall or, or just legal sports betting overall? So um, you had a couple stats in here in your article about that. So in the first half of this year, Americans placed an average of nearly $8 billion per month in legal sports bets. Three years earlier, that was only about a billion dollars a month. They're saying by 2026, it could be $20 billion a month. So the money is definitely there. The demand for all of this is definitely there. Another interesting angle to this were the sports leagues themselves, right? So when they were, uh, you know, people were, were lobbying them, get trying to get them on board with all of this because they were resistant at the beginning. They're saying, well, okay, let's work with the fan duels. Let's work with DraftKings. But use our data, use our proprietary data, and we'll charge you for that. And then that kind of really smoothed a lot of things over for to get the sports leagues ready to go, particularly in baseball and basketball. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, the, uh, the major leagues sued New Jersey to try to challenge the law that New Jersey passed, and they went all the way to the Supreme Court to try to stop sports betting. But then once it was, the Supreme Court legalized it, or uh, that overturned the prohibition and the state started to legalize it, then the Major League Baseball was there with the legislature saying, we want to cut. You know, if you're going to basically be betting on our games, we want a piece of the action. And they sought this thing they called the integrity fee. And it was a significant amount of money that they wanted to be paid out of the uh, out of the, the net revenues. And that got intense pushback from the casinos. And, and you know, and so they and now and the most recently after they lost on the integrity fee they've been seeking to when i was in missouri in jefferson city watching the uh, legislature their debate uh, legalization it didn't pass this year I, I traveled to several of the capitals and watched the debates they were pushing the the requirement of the league data and you'd have to pay a fee to get that league data so yeah the the professional teams are seeking to get their cut of of all this money that's eight billion dollars a month that's being bet 
And then putting this all together, right, we're talking about how sports betting just really blew up across the country. Uh, a lot of your story focused on Kansas and how the bills passed there. And, and, you know, we're talking about lobbyists, you know, talking to lawmakers, getting everybody on board. And, and you know, it, it kind of uh, goes back to old lobbying things, you know, backroom doors and parties and things that are happening, right? So they even had events. Uh, this was in the final days before the um, uh, legislative session ended there in Kansas where they were going to vote on this. They had an event. It was called Cigars, Cars, and Bars, uh, you know, where a lot of lawmakers uh, went. And you know, a lot of the whining and dining was done at, at events like this. Yeah, no, it was pretty incredible to watch uh, the intensity of the of the push. And, you know, these are basically uh, citizen legislators who get paid very little. They have other jobs and they, you know, they 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 come from all parts of Kansas and and then literally dozens of lobbyists. Uh, there were when other than the school groups that wa- walked through the Capitol and they talked about democracy and they showed them all the grand building. You know, basically the only other people in the building were the lobbyists. Um, out, you know, there were occasionally actually I was there during COVID and so there were some COVID anti-vax protesters and um, occasionally they would come through. But for the most part, it was the lobbyists and the lawmakers. And the lobbyists were you know they really they really pushed them to write the law in a way that the lobbyists wanted. And they, they were able to cut the tax rate in half to get the promotional uh, tax-free promotions in there. Um, you know, to it just, they, they really, to some extent, almost dictated the terms of the law yeah. that was going to, and, 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 and they had a lot of influence in the process. And in addition to that, they were making campaign contributions and they were having events in which they, you know, gave them food and drinks and cigars. It was all happening while I was standing there watching. Eric Lipton, investigative reporter at the New York Times, Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic.
oracle.com slash strategic. They would stand in one place. They just acted a little bit strange. Their gait was a little bit unsteady. So it was an assumption that the THC was doing that. But, you know, you can't ask a cow what it's thinking. You can't read its mind very well. Joining us now is Joel Achenbach, science reporter at The Washington Post. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Thanks for having me. Well, let's talk about this interesting study coming from Germany. They fed dairy cows hemp, industrial hemp, and uh, what came out was they produced milk with THC, and at times it seemed like they might have been high themselves. They said they were kind of, uh, they looked like they were drowsy, they were yawning and salivating. Funny enough, they were standing in one place for protracted periods of time. Uh, You know, we don't know if they were just zoned out or what, but uh, it was an interesting study just to see if, you know, it'd be possible to use hemp when adding it to animal feed. So, Joel, what are we seeing with this study? First of all, let's make clear it it was the cows and not the scientists who were standing in one place and with their tongues hanging out and salivating. Okay, so this was the cows. And, yeah, this caught our eye. You know, we were thinking, that's an interesting story because the research, it does seem to indicate that when you when you give a certain kind of hemp that is high in THC and high in cannabinoids, you give that to dairy cattle that it does have an effect. I mean, that their stomachs take, you know, their multiple stomachs, they do take in those molecular compounds and there's a behavioral change. This was not seen with the industrial hemp that was significantly lower in THC and the other cannabinoids. And those of you out there who actually follow this issue more closely than others will know that all industrial hemp is low in THC. That's what makes it industrial hemp as opposed to marijuana. I mean, that's the distinction. It's the same plant. It's cannabis sativa. But if you include the flowers, the buds, uh, and the leaves uh, as a high percentage of the feed, you get an effect that you don't see when that is not included or where the THC and other cannabinoids are a really low percentage. But the other thing, in addition to the behavioral changes in the cows, as you pointed out, was you could pick up the THC in the final product, the milk. One more thing about the cows and their behavior, the researchers say they can't prove that it was the THC that made them behave that way. It was a reasonable assumption just because of the way they had this somnolent state expression for a while. They would stand in one place. They just acted a little bit strange. Their gait was a little bit unsteady. So it was an assumption that the THC was doing that. But, you know, you can't ask a cow what it's thinking. You can't read its mind very well. And, you know, they're a little inscrutable to begin with. So the cows that were fed kind of the the overall plant really didn't experience this much. But when they were given specifically the flowers and the buds and all that, yeah, then then that's when they were experiencing this. Were they able to tell how much THC came through in that milk? It wasn't a lot. But what the report said, this is from German researchers at a food chain safety institute uh, in Berlin. They said that the amount of THC might be higher than what the sort of European regulations would have allowed in terms of, uh, you know, they have a a standard, you know, and beyond which that's potentially would have a health effect. It's kind of a a cautionary note. Now, that said, the seeds of the hemp plant, you know, we're told do not contain 
THC. And that is what the hemp growers want to get approved here in the United States as an animal feed. Because we're saying, hey, this, you know, this doesn't have the THC. It's a really good, you know, high protein. It's climate friendly crop. Let's get this into the animal feed mix. So that is something I think we may see in the future. I mean, this, you know, this is a crop that's been grown for thousands of years. George Washington grew it at Mount Vernon. Uh, you know, he, he sent a letter to one of his friends at one point saying, hey, the bugs have gotten into my wheat. I need a, a backup crop. Send me your hemp seeds. So, you know, hemp is going to probably continue to emerge from its exile because it's just too useful of a crop. And the issue with the THC and all that probably can be worked around. It is probably not a showstopper. Yeah, they said those seeds, uh, the hemp seeds are very high in protein. So, I mean, it would help in animal feeds. But this study in particular was being done in Germany. The U.S. doesn't really seem like they're anywhere near this. I mean, they don't want to get any type of THC or anything like that into food products. Right now, THC uh, uh, would be considered a contaminant in food products. And the FDA would not allow hemp to be used as an animal feed now. But there is research that's that's been going on at Oregon State, at uh, Kansas State, and I talked to those folks. They had a big webinar recently with a bunch of the stakeholders to discuss this. Slowly, the process is moving toward getting some kind of regulatory approval and some standards. But the Food and Drug Administration is a, a very slow bureaucratic and scientific process to get approval of anything that's going to be in the food supply, as it probably should be, because not only do you want to make sure that it's safe, you want to see if something is safe over time. I think that the industry is growing. I was told by one of the groups that's a trade association group for uh, hemp growers that after the Farm Bill of 2018, essentially became legal to grow industrial hemp, you know, low THC hemp. And there was a big boom because of CBD oil. Or, you know, CBD is a, I'm not sure even how to say the word, but it's used in a lot as a beverage additive to, has a lot of health benefits that are have been at least alleged by the people who promote it to help with a stress release, a stress reliever, pain relief. I actually, I'll just be honest, although, you know, I'm not completely unfamiliar with the world of cannabis. I I don't know much about CBD oil. I have not used it, but it became super popular right around 2019. And there was kind of a, a boom right then. And then the market got oversaturated, I was told. And what the industry is looking for is just slow, steady growth to sort of, you know, over time, have it become a mainstream agricultural crop, kind of a staple crop to add to the mix along with other things like corn and wheat and all those other things. Well, we'll see how this does develop. I mean, if uh, there is a way to work around it and make sure the cows aren't getting high and (laughs) producing THC in the milk, I mean, that very well could be something that regulators work on and add to animal feed from there on. Joel Achenbach, science reporter at the Washington Post. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. This episode of The Daily Dive is produced by Victor Wright and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today.